On this episode of Prepare Them for Launch, we are so lucky to be sitting with Ashley Hudson. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and today she's going to help us talk about how parents um, can care for and watch after their own mental health. Ashley, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited to be here. We would love for you to just share with our listeners um, a little bit about your background and where your passions are as far as families and kids are concerned. Sure. Um uh, like you said, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I work with uh, teenagers, young adults, um, and also parents of teens. I'm also homegrown here t- in Yorba Linda, um, graduated from Esperanza. Um, I was an athlete, played softball, and then um, went to college, played softball too, came home, and um I just loved like the whole therapy process, so decided to get into it and um, loved working with teenagers. Um, I specifically focus with anxiety, sport anxiety, grief and loss. Um, and then also, I really enjoy working with parents of teens. Um, for the last, um, gosh, I've been licensed for 11 years now. It's gone by so fast. Um, and. The last six years, I was uh, a high school therapist, so I've worked extensively with teenagers, and um, I also really enjoy and have a passion working with parents of teens um, and just parenting in general. Um, I'm also a parent coach and uh, created an online parenting program that helps just bridge the gap between parents and teens, really creating connection and building their relationship together. I just think that's really important nowadays to do that. That's awesome. I love the fact that you say I love working with teenagers. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that very often. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. So um, in your high school experience with the teenagers, what are some things that you saw most commonly pop up? Anxiety. Mm. I think huge um, anxiety. If it's social anxiety, performance anxiety, but sometimes um, just even the high expectations um, with academics. Um, The other thing I saw is just anxiety with their friends, um, social skills wise, um, you know, and then it could lead into other stuff like uh, self-harming or uh, self-medicating with their anxiety, but a lot of anxiety out there. With, with high schoolers. Yeah, we've heard, AJ and I have heard anxiety probably on repeat since we decided we were going to start doing this podcast. And one of the interesting things I think about anxiety is how it affects the parents of the kids. Um, and I know um, one of the things you talk about is um, the parent's mental health is connected to the child's mental health. And so I would just love for you to speak about that a little bit, uh, maybe specifically as it relates to anxiety, because I know a lot of parents are navigating through that with their kids right now? Yeah, sure. Um, Something that I've seen quite pop up is I'll get parents to to call me wanting services for their kids. And, um, you know, as they're talking, you know, kind of as I'm consulting with them, kind of gathering more information, you know, they'll mention like, gosh, you know, my my daughter and my son, they really need therapy, but we all need therapy, even myself, um, you know. I need therapy. And what, I, what I've what i noticed throughout my years is parents are more, uh, they'll be more, they'll choose more to like get their kids therapy before they'll get their own therapy. And don't get me wrong, I have three kids. And if we were all really struggling mental health wise, 
Um, I definitely would would want to choose my kids to get therapy first, but also that um, if if I'm not taking care of myself or parents aren't taking care of themselves. Uh, mentally and taking care of their mental health, it's going to be really hard for them to support their their kids and their kids' mental health. Yeah, I think this is a, such an opportunity for parents, especially this season. This season is all about taking care of yourself. You're soul caring for you. And that's kind of what our church, even here at Friends, has kind of been kind of pushing and spurring us on to do. And so just listening to you and sharing that, I think that's a, something that is so important. But I also think of this idea. We talked about you playing sports. She was a collegiate, a collegiate athlete, uh, played at UC Davis, right? Softball. And so we talked about this fact that you have to have discipline. And normally when you're in like college sports, you learn that 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 discipline that you need and that carries over to your actual life. And so when I'm I'm hearing you talking about this idea of like ha- them having uh, these practices of actually going to therapy and doing that thing, I kind of have this thought of them ha- having that discipline, that becoming a discipline in their life of, okay, if you want to better yourself, you have to be disciplined enough to actually go find that help. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of the times I grew up in a culture that like therapy was like you admitting that you're either wronged or bad or something like that, or there's something messed up in you. That's kind of how my culture defined it. But at the same time, we, (laughs) the fact is we are, we do have things that kind of go on in our minds. Even the most sane people that I know, insane, not insane, sorry. The most sane people that I know, they, they still have problems. Like there's things that come up in their lives that are traumatic and that they need to talk with somebody. And sometimes it's so hard just to go to your friend or your spouse, or, I mean, in a lot of cases, we probably shouldn't take those to your kids, or maybe we should because it's a learning lesson, but it's always so healthy for you to go to somebody to just share that. And so even just talking about that being maybe a discipline, how would you define being disciplined in your mental health like journey? I think one, it definitely takes awareness, knowing, being being humble, but knowing that, hey, I, I'm having trouble managing this. Um, I'm having trouble managing my stress, my own anxiety, my own mental health, and then being intentional. So when you say discipline, um, it's being intentional with how to take care of yourself. Um, and one of the things to do that is to prioritize prioritize your mental health. Um, something that was so cool that I've that I recently there was a marriage conference here at Friends uh, what a couple months ago with uh, Jim Burns. And one of the things that he talked about that I it, he said it clearly is you have to prioritize your mental health for it to be a priority in your life. And how I visually see that is your if if your calendar is the next week it's like nothing's there and you're about to input things or you're you know you're at a blank planner, you are prioritizing your mental health, your self-care strategies first. That has to be first. And when you do that, you're sending the message that um, your mental health and taking care of yourself is a part of your lifestyle and it's intentional. And also you're teaching your kids that taking care of yourself is um, is a good thing. It's, it's significant. It's important. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think it's so important because these kids, they're 
they're taking in so much. There's a lot of, uh, I know we talk about this in the youth ministry world of uh, caught, not taught, uh, because you can try to teach them as much as you can. A lot of it's going over their heads in one ear, out the other, but they'll catch so many things. And so f- I love this idea is if you prioritize it, I mean, obviously you got to make it a priority in order for it to be a priority. But if you prioritize that, it's going to start showing in your actions with your kids. And if your kids see that, just as you said, what are they going to do? They're going to start making a priority for them to have a more disciplined uh, mental health journey as well. And so I think that's so important and integral to what we're trying to do with with uh, families of, hey, look at yourself, see where like you're lacking. People make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time. And don't let don't that, don't allow that to affect your relationship. Rather, allow it to help you figure out how to become better as a parent, as a uh, as a spouse, as just a person, as a follower in Jesus. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people are so proud that they they tend to like, oh, I'm there's nothing really wrong with me. This is just a small little thing. Whereas like it could be bigger. It could become bigger. And instead, if we actually look and see, okay, yeah. I am struggling here. This is where I need help. And you go and you find those those opportunities where you can get help in those. I think it's going to be so, so vital and so helpful for your 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 mental health journey. I think an important thing for parents to realize, too, is oftentimes taking time for yourself and caring for your soul. We feel like it's selfish. We feel like as parents, we need to sacrifice all of our time and all of our energy for our kids without caring for ourselves. You know, um, taking time out of your day to, um, if it's read your Bible or go for a walk. I think about things um, that I could be doing for my kids. There's, you know, the laundry, the dishes, um, you know, getting dinner ready, taking kids other, all these different places. And so what I found was really um, special and unique for me is like, if I took the kids to a soccer game, I would go for a walk. I mean, a soccer practice, I would go for a walk while they were practicing, or I would sit in the car and um, listen to a podcast or read my Bible. So I think it's important for parents to realize that you can set aside time for yourself while you're still caring and loving for your kids. And it's not selfish, it's needed. So absolutely. Um, you know, some of the, the teenagers that come into my office and I notice that they're really on board with therapy. They're compliant. They're like, I'm ready. I'm ready to get after this. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Like usually, usually it takes a little buy-in. It takes a little persuasion for therapy, um, you know, and a lot of education. And when I kind of, you know, ask them, hey, like, do you know anyone that's had therapy before? They go, oh, my parent. My parent, um, you know, my mom or dad, they they do therapy and it really works for them. And when they notice that, you know, their their own parent goes to therapy or their own parent takes care of themselves or, hey, you know, I notice um, my mom goes swimming every morning and I, I can just see that it helps her so much. Guess what? Your your own child will start implementing that. They'll be like, oh, you know, what what are some things that I can do to take care of myself? They'll be a little bit more aware of that when I'm stressed out. You know, I notice my mom or my dad does X, Y, and Z to take care of themselves. This is what I'm gonna do. And the other thing too is if they see you going to therapy and you know managing your mental health and taking care of yourself and use um, utilizing that as a priority, they're gonna do that as well. And th- and also it means like the therapy process is normalized, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. And I do think the kids um, watch and model us a lot more than we give them credit for. And so I think if we're doing what you're saying, caring for ourselves, it teaches our kids really early on to care for themselves too. And we live in such a competitive world where it's like kids are six months old and we're teaching them how to swim or you know putting them in club sports by the time they're 18 months old. And so the more we can model how to find peace in the busy schedule for our kids, I think the better. Um, I just wanted to transition a little bit to talk about um, going back to like kids and anxiety and parents. Um, I know for myself, um, when my daughter started to suffer from um, some anxiety and some stress um, and a lot of sadness, that it brought me back to, you know, when I was a teenager and was experiencing those things. How can parents best separate? what their experiences are with the unique experiences that their child is going through. Because for me, when my daughter got sad, she wasn't necessarily as deeply sad as I was at her age, but I automatically went to that point like, oh, she's here. I got to I gotta stick by her side because I don't know what's going to happen through the night or I have to be here with her because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, but what I was doing in that instance was um, applying my history and my feelings of um, sadness from that age onto her. And it wasn't until I realized that that's what I was doing that we really got to a place where we can start helping her heal. And so if I can do anything from this podcast, if would be to help parents get to that point faster. So all that to say, how can parents recognize what they're feeling is based on their own experiences versus their unique experience for their child? That's a tough question, for sure. Um, uh, but it definitely takes it takes slowing down, I think, too. Slowing down and being aware and kind of noticing yourself when you notice yourself getting like, overly emotional about this like this seems like wow this is really hitting home to me and taking a step back and really thinking like where is this coming from um and when you do that you you can definitely have that space to reflect uh, i think that's again another reason why to take care of yourself as a parent and if that means you know taking those extra moments to be mindful and present and go for walks um, or go to the you know go to the gym or um, writing and journaling and journaling your thoughts because that's where it's going to you know you're processing that and that's where it's going to come up where you're like, hey, wait a minute, where where is this coming from? Is this is this more my daughter's stuff or is this my stuff? And I think another thing too is every child is different, and every, you know we've experienced anxiety in our past or in depression in our past, and so our child is going to experience it a little differently, and maybe the strategies to help them um, might be unique to them. Um, so something that might be, you know, uh, very helpful for us uh, coping skills wise might not be exactly what is helpful for them. Yeah. And I think, too, in my instance, it was doing what exactly what you said, taking a break, taking a pause and feeling um, like becoming in touch with what I was feeling. Is it is it me or is this really a genuine feeling for my daughter? And what I found in those situations is being vulnerable with my daughter, telling her, 
I told her the truth about, you know, what I experienced when I was her age. Um, and I think it really helped her normalize what she was going through. But then no, um, you know, one that I understood. And then two, that I wasn't like this superhuman, infallible person. Can you speak a little bit about vulnerability as it relates to our kids? Absolutely. Um, I think it's so important, you know, when parents are struggling uh, with stress, with mental health, with anxiety, depression, trauma, I think it's really important to be vulnerable with our kids um, and let them know, hey, um, mommy's going through a tough time right now. Or, you know, if your kid's a little bit older, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling with some stress and some anxiety right now. This is what this is what I'm going to do to help. And I think what that does is that helps our kids understand that it's it's not their fault. So what what you get is you'll you'll have your child know something's up, right? Like like we said, like kids are so in tune, they're very observant, and when they notice something's up and they notice something's amiss, uh, you know their parent is going through something. They're going through like a million whys, like what could be the cause of this and this and this. And a lot of times, what kids end up doing is they end up internalizing it. Is it something I'm doing wrong? Did I cause this stress or anxiety? And so it's. I think it's really important to, for parents to uh, be vulnerable with their kids and let them know what they're going through and how the, what they're doing to fix it and how they're improving or what they're doing like coping skills wise to manage that. And that also, I think that brings on such a connection. And I bet that, I bet you and your daughter in that moment of being vulnerable with her, you guys connected and just actually built maybe a better relationship after that. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think a really um, unexpected outcome of that is that it allowed her to show compassion back towards me. And so being vulnerable with her was really hard um, because you're you're letting your children into maybe a secret part of your life. But there was so much preciousness that came out of that. Like I said, she was able to show compassion back. She was able to know that someone understood um, similarly what it was like to be going through what she was going through. And so I think if I can encourage parents anything in their mental health walk, it's to um, share what's appropriate with your children, be vulnerable with them um, as it occurs. Um, and never, we talked about this before with Jonathan Pitts, is never miss an opportunity to say sorry. Because sometimes when you're in an unhealthy mental state, you will respond in an unhealthy way. Um, and AJ and I have learned that the that power of the apology um, goes so, so far. I think it's so important for us to realize we are humans. We make mistakes. There's things that are going to come up that we're going to we're going to fail at and that's okay. I think when you are vulnerable with your kids, you are going to have an opportunity to share that with them in that moment and sometimes we have this desire or this thought that we need to be perfect. Our kids need to see us be perfect. But honestly, what what I think is so important for us and our in our mental health is that we realize like things are going to go wrong sometimes. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and in order for us to make a step or a leap or a jump to get to that next step of being mentally healthy, we have to be okay with us making mistakes and learn from them at the end of the day. And I think that's so important. Um, so yeah, I, ju I just think it's so important for us to continuously be vulnerable. And even with like, I think when I think of parenting, you know, most of the times you have like two parents, right? And so it's either a co-parent or your spouse or things like that. And so like, 
I'm wondering what what advice do you have for the for parents like doing this together, joining in on um, like trying to have a good mental health with each other and while parenting? Yeah, sure. So. I think it's, you know, important that when a parent, when you notice that you're struggling or or you're struggling with manage your managing your anxiety or your mental health, I think it's important for parents to be on the same page. And what I mean by that is when you're struggling with managing your mental health and struggling with managing your anxiety or stress, stress, it's so important to you know, be vulnerable even with your with your uh, partner and communicate what's going on and how how you're managing that. And it could just be like maybe you need to take a break from parenting that day. Maybe you need to, um, you know, hey, you're it. Uh, you need to come in here and and take care of things. And because I'm I'm kind of at my point. Um, and I think that's really important to make sure that your partner's on the same page so that you feel supported. And when you do need to take that break, that they know exactly, okay, they need to go do their coping skills. They need to go, you know, t- uh, have a moment to calm down. Yeah, that's that's so important just because I fully believe, like, as you are on this journey, it's it's a family, right? It's not just one person. And in some cases, yes, we have single single parents as well. But in, in order for us to get to those places, we're going to have to, it takes a village to, lead, uh, to raise a kid, right? So there's going to be some points where we're going to need that time to just take a pause and breathe, right? And and I think that's going to be so helpful for those who are co-parenting or sp- they have spouses that are involved as well, that that it's going to be so important for them to be on the same page, like you, just like you said, but also give them opportunities for them to also be able to jump in in, in in place for you so that you guys can raise this child in a way that's going to be so helpful for them so that they can have a strong mental health journey as well. Yeah. And I love what you say about communicating with your partner. I have to say I blundered that horribly with our first child. I um, stayed home with her and she was colicky and she, sweet Mariah, would cry for like the majority of the day and had to be held all day. And so sometimes when my husband would get home from work, I would just hand her to him and walk away without saying like, hey, we had a really hard day. And I know when you're hurting or you've been through a really stressful day with your kids, that's hard to do. But I think it's so incredibly important to communicate with your partner um, what you experienced that day so that they so it's not like you're just throwing the kids at him when he walks through the door it's like no I really suffered today like she was hard or I was challenged and um, again I think oftentimes either it's in the moment so we're frustrated and we don't share that or it's a sign of weakness so we don't want to share that either we want to be these super moms or super dads and I think the more we can like you said communicate with one another and be on the same page the better we're going to be um, for our children for sure yeah I think too another touch point is building a sense of community around you I think that's so important even me being as a parent, uh, some of the the parenting support groups that I've been a part of, or even um, other moms that I've reached out to and built that sense of connection with, it is so important, and it and it feels so good to be like to talk to someone that knows exactly what you're going through, um, that has either gone through those challenges as well, because you, you just feel like you're not alone. And it normalizes a little bit of what you're going through, but also it just, that sense of connection can really um, help 
your mental health. And it could just really make you feel like that village that you were talking about is, is surrounding you to support you. Yeah. And the cool thing is nowadays there's lots of communities that you can be a part of. I know that there's like moms of moms with strollers, moms that go walking with their kids in strollers. We have a ton of groups here at church. Um, And I know you also have a parenting course that you teach. Could you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so I created this parenting course um, to bridge that gap between parents and teenagers. Um, You know, teenagers have it tough these years. (laughs) This generation is is pretty tough uh, with anxiety, um, with the pandemic, with a lot of different things. And what I've come across is parents are struggling with connecting with them, um, and even the teenagers too. and the common theme that I'm seeing is both the parents and the teenagers really want a relationship and they really want to connect. They just don't know how. So um, I created this program called How to Connect with Your Teenager. And it's very, it's really in depth. Uh, it, it discusses, you know, foundationally lays the groundwork of connection. And then it uh, talks about barriers and causes of disconnection. Uh, strong components of what what is the strong components of uh, connection and then strategies to ignite connection and then lastly uh, how to repair connection with your teenager so I really go in depth of uh, how to connect with your teenager to make sure that you have that relationship because you know we can discuss like setting boundaries setting limits consequences uh, all that but you can't do all that unless you don't have a connection with your kid. You know, if your kid needs to come to you for support for mental health or they they say, hey, you know, I'm struggling here or there, you gotta have a relationship. You gotta have some sort of connection. And so that's that's what I created with my course. I love that. And where can parents find that, Ashley? Oh, uh, they can find that on uh, www.illuminateyourconnection.co. Yeah. Well, all we talk about on this podcast is how to connect with your kids. So we love that that is um, a course that you're teaching. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So make sure you guys go check that out. Ashley, thank you so much for coming and sharing this. We think it's so important for for parents, especially as they're raising these beautiful creations of the Lord to really focusing on themselves as well, because a lot of times they get so caught up in trying to raise their kids that sometimes they forget about themselves. And so I do think this is going to be so helpful and important and impactful for these parents and these families. So thank you so much for sharing. Today. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. And until then, we are journeying with you, praying for you, and walking with you and your family in love.